This week on Fan for Thought, a look at the other side of fandom, the actors and creators. How is the fandom experience similar and how is it different? And why is it important for creators to have a healthy relationship with their fans? Tune in as we take a trip down the roads less traveled. Today, I have just one guest joining me, and that is actress, inspiration, kindness warrior, and all-around badass motherfucker, Kim Rhodes. You may know Kim Rhodes from her roles as Carrie Martin on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, or more recently as Jodie Mills on Supernatural and the would-have-been, should-have-been spin-off Wayward Sisters. I've met Kim at several conventions over the past few years. She and her wayward counterpart, Brianna Buckmaster, mean a great deal to me, to the point where I even have their handwriting tattooed on my wrist. Kim was gracious enough to sit down with me from her closet, where her and Brianna record their podcast, The Wayward Podcast, and give her perspective on the fandom experience. Did it work? Hi. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Awesome. So this is the famous closet. Yes, this is the closet. It is a fucking mess right now because I went through it and I've got four bags of stuff I need to donate. I've got all of my horse stuff up here and all of the Easter stuff that wasn't used that I need to keep hidden from my child. So, yeah, it's a fucking disaster right now. And I'm in between packing things. So I never, like, put everything away when I know I'm just going to have to pack it again. So right now the closet's a disaster. Well, it's an honor to virtually... (laughs) Welcome to my closet. Yay! So, what was your first fandom experience as a fan? Oh, my first fandom experience as a fan was a show called Those Amazing Animals, starring Burgess Meredith and, I want to say, Linda Carter. I'm going to say this was my first fan experience, and I wrote a letter, and they never answered. I also think I wrote a letter to Eric Estrada when he was on Chips, And I asked him some very specific questions and they sent me back an autographed headshot. I wish I still had. And I was very irritated because I didn't ask for a picture. I had asked questions (laughs) that he had not answered. And I wrote a fan letter to a little girl in a ballet when I was 13 years old. Her name was Laureen Lavoie and she was also 13. And so I wrote her a fan letter and she wrote me a long letter back. And I want to say we were pen pals for a little while. Because I was so impressed that somebody my age could do something so amazing. So I'm going to say those were my first fan experiences as opposed to my first fandoms. Because to me, a fan experience is an action. And it's not just an emotional connection. So, you know, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, yeah, in sixth grade, I was totally a fan of Doctor Who. And my mom made me a long scarf. So I would have a scarf just like that particular doctor's scarf. But for me, the interaction is what makes a fan experience different from just being a fan. Right. And I think the Internet has definitely blown that up, would you say? I don't know. Ask Neil Gaiman. (laughs) i'm stalking you right now in my closet as we speak i'm so sad he was in chicago right after you were in chicago oh there's so many near misses i don't even share there's so (laughs) i don't even like it's funny because i seem to be an open book but i actually do keep some things secret and a number of them are neil gaiman related things where i'm just like oh so close (laughs) so on the 
opposite side, what was your first, I guess we can say fandom and then separately fan experience as an actress or creator? Uh, Working on a soap opera. I remember doing a thing. You know what? I don't know if this is my first one, but this was the first one that stood out for me. I worked on a soap opera in New York called Another World. And they offered me, to me, a very significant amount of money to go up and host a telethon for the miners in Nova Scotia, in Cape Breton. And I knew nothing about, I knew nothing about it. This is pre-internet, so I could not do the Googling. (laughs) So I knew nothing about it. I just knew I was getting on an airplane and I was going up uh, to be me and to be paid for being me. And wasn't I fabulous? And this community of people were this astonishing mix of Celtic musicality and native tribes, tribal customs. And they had melded soap and and the mines were closing and the people weren't able to support themselves, but still everyone had an instrument and everyone had a spirit. And I was so humbled that they wanted me to somehow be there. And I gave all the money back. I just, I was like, I don't need it. You need it. This is astonishing. And I still feel like that so often where I'm like, not you need it, I don't. Because fuck, I fucking need it these days. But I feel so humbled at this weird disparity of power when I look at people who are doing things that are like, it's like a penguin watching birds fly. Where I'm like, I'm not, you're not, I mean, fuck, I can't do that. Why are you giving me what you're giving me? And so it makes me feel still very responsible and honored and committed to giving, not at the expense of myself, because I believe that's a bad example, first of all. I think if I hurt myself in the process, nobody would benefit from that. But I do give as deeply and passionately as I am able because I'm so awestruck by what I'm being offered to begin with and by the people who are offering it. Like, I'm just in a different circumstance. That's all. That's a long-winded answer, but also I think expresses a lot of my current experience with fandom. So, first of all, thank you for being so open. Current fandom, I would take a stab to say that's mostly within Supernatural at the moment. Yes. It's my most, yes, it's my most active participation within a fandom. Yes. Um, So, can you tell me a little bit about getting into Supernatural and discovering that particular fandom because it happens to be a fairly large and loud and strong one, but then also how it changed with the introduction of Wayward. Oh, I, wow. My introduction to the fandom was a fan convention where I genuinely, no, back it up. My intro, no, no, no. I was in a convention before I was on Twitter. So my first interaction with, with the fandom was a convention where I literally thought people thought I was someone else. 
I genuinely was like, I was on stage and I didn't understand why people were responding this way. And I thought I was like, do you think I'm Mary? What's going, what's happening? And then my friend Gabe Tigerman said, get on Twitter because this is an interactive experience and it will help you and it will teach you. And the very first person who followed me, who is still a very good friend of mine today, the first person who followed me, followed me with a, hey, fucker, who are you? And why are you impersonating Kim Rhodes? And I'm like, no, no, I really, like, I just don't know how to work Twitter. I don't, like, I I deleted that because I put it, and I didn't know, and I don't, and I don't know, and I need help. Twitter is hard. Oh my gosh, Twittering is hard. And then I learned so much by making so many mistakes. Like one thing I really wish the fandom understood is that we don't know what you know. We don't, like we, it is a steep learning curve and we are thrown in the deep end with sharks. I, no one intends to offend or intends to demonize or intends to start a war or intends to express an alliance with a side. I don't know what I'm doing. I think I'm a good bean. If if something I say gives you sads and and makes you feel like I disrespect your point of view, you are welcome to share your point of view with me so that I can consider it the next time I try to be a good bean. And I will say you show extreme humility online and it's really admirable. There are too many people who are just afraid to be like, I fucked up. And when there's someone that people look up to, that's what's passed on. But like if we all just admitted that we don't know anything. Oh, my God. Like why? It's such a it's such a wild concept. But like there's so much I don't know. And if we just all admit that. We can all learn more. Well, that's one of the biggest bugaboos from my childhood is that I should have known. How? How? How should you have, like, I do that with my kid, too, when I feel the instinct of, of like, there's going to be consequences for you doing this thing that you had no idea was a bad thing to do. And so that, like, reel it in. None of us should know shit. That's why I share my experience. That's why I try to be patient with myself. And that's why I'm willing to be public when the consequences of me not knowing something become apparent and I'm like, oh, oh, I thought I knew something that I might've known this, but I didn't know that. And that is much bigger than this. So let's focus on that. There may have been a little bit of a learning curve, but Kim is now an expert in the field of fandom. Now I understand you don't suggest that what is someone's headcanon is imaginary. You don't do that. You're attacking a love. Like all love is, is imaginary. I'm using finger quotes, even though it's a podcast. Everything that I feel only takes place in my head and only is a bullshit word to apply to it. So what I've learned is that I've learned to value other people's loves and other people's creativities as significant and viable and vital, even if they aren't things that I personally agree with. And then I don't really know. I don't like 
I'm still kind of flummoxed by wayward. I feel like it's a cake that I got put on top of, but I did not make. So it is amazing that the fans actually tulpid a spinoff into existence. It is still sad that it didn't happen, but I truly believe that if things don't happen, they don't happen for a reason. Um, it certainly has not diminished the passion of people who identify as wayward. And we're doing everything we can to give wayward its own world and focus and life if people would like to continue with that. Like, that's that weird sort of thing. I don't want to ask you as a favor to join me, but I also don't want to close up shop if this is someplace you'd like to be. So what is my responsibility and what is showing up passionately in a way that I can sustain in a way that people want? A little wayward anecdote. So I live in Boston. So we went to the marathon because, I mean, we go to the marathon every year, but Jared was running. And I put out on Twitter, I was like, hey, any Supernatural family members looking for someone to hang with? DM me. We can hang. And one of the newbies at the Seattle convention, the one with the husband, DM me and was like, hey, I'm also here. I don't know anybody. And I was like, oh, it's good to see you again. And we spent like the whole day together. So like. Uh, that's my dream. And I wasn't even there. That's, yeah. Like having something, I think the concept of community. Community comes from a sense of safety and a sense of something shared. And the wayward community, and I prefer the word community to movement because we aren't necessary. We don't fucking have, we might just sit here and eat s'mores. Fuck that. There's no movement. It's an experience. It's a community. It's a shared safety and belief in a way, in inherent value. And the lovely thing is if I can't have this moment where I believe in my own inherent value, I can believe in yours and someone else can believe in mine and we can all form this kind of net that will bring us back to, oh, I, I do have worth. I do have value. My, my presence here has meaning and is unique and special. And isn't that kind of what Wayward's all about? That's, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that'd be nice. Yeah. I have to ask any new wayward things in the works. We're we're trying. Um, nothing's in the works, and nothing is anything I'm able to announce right now. But we would we would like I said we would like to provide a concrete experience. Should people want to take advantage of it next year, we certainly don't want to conflict with anything that already exists because we love things that exist, but we would also love to offer something different and unique. Um, if it comes to fruition, I promise I'll let you know. And if it doesn't, I don't think I can legally say, Hey, we're going to do this because then, then I don't know what happens if we don't have anybody who wants to produce it. <laughs> that makes sense. No, we've got We've got the we've we've got the podcast. We're, I think we're doing a pretty good job of consistently getting a podcast done, and at this point, that's all we can do. Hundred percent. And I mean, I started yours came out before I started working on this, and I was like, oh, cool. You sit down in a room for an hour a week, and then you put on the internet. And like, no, no, I we're doing the I I'm the editor, so I'm like, and I also 
grotesquely amuse myself. Like the one today has a music interlude that actively makes me laugh every time I hear it. I just keep playing it for myself because I'm like, <laughs> I'm funny. The road trip podcast where I was just pulling it and putting it together and it would, oh my God, I amuse myself so much. But yeah, it takes, it takes a long time to amuse yourself. That's what she said. <laughs> I was hoping. I was, I, was, I was setting you up. Okay, so back on topic. Do you have a favorite fan interaction memory? Lots, man. Anytime. So it's, it's, it's a risky thing to say this, and I will follow up with that in a second. I think anytime someone has been significantly impacted by me in a way I didn't intend is deeply moving to me. That said, I never want people to think that I will only connect with them based on their pain. I see and resonate with human experience. But what I hope for people and what I am drawn to with people is people who are willing to say, this hurts and we are moving together beyond it. We are finding courage from each other. We are finding healing from each other. We are moving forward with each other. And so that's, those have been really some resonant things where someone has expressed something that gives me a deeply painful feeling imagining me experiencing it. And then they show how my presence has helped them start moving beyond it. That's amazing. And that is one of the best gifts of being a part of something like this. I mean, I don't know that I have any particular, like, I can pinpoint that moment that we've had, but just over the last three years, I mean, it's been a constant, the the inspiration and the laughs and the, so, I mean, I'm very grateful. I mean, I have you on my wrist every day. So I'm like, right you are, you and Brie right here. So I can certainly, as a fan and one of many others who have done coming out photo ops, who have done so many things with you guys and with the whole cast, the interactions that are provided by these conventions and, and online, like there are no other fandoms where the actors are as involved online with fans. You mentioned the coming out photos. I fucking love that people ask me to pose in a photo that is proclaiming their identity that I don't share. I fucking love that, that there's something that we have in common in our human experience where they say, you make me more me, even though this aspect of me has nothing to do with you. That's fucking brilliant. They've grown more and more common throughout the years at conventions and I think that's a testament to you and to Brie and to Rachel and to all of the actors that people feel that this is something that they can do yeah we want to see them we want to see them for who they are so for you how is fandom different for the creators than for the fans mm. we can break it you're not wrong I know it's a big, broad question, but we can break shit. I think fans can break each other. 
I think fans can break the creators, but fans cannot break the fandom. The creators could break it. And that is a fucking, it's like, it's like being the only one in the game who knows that the hot potato is actually a grenade. I have a huge responsibility and I have a deep love attached to that responsibility. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, you talked about the actors on in this particular fandom. I think the creators in this fandom understand that and care. I think there are other fandoms where they either don't understand or don't care. But that beautiful synthesis of understanding and caring about the responsibility that comes, it's rare. And might I say you're doing a wonderful job with that responsibility. I think, yeah. <laughs> I try. Well, the thing is, like, here's my attitude. I fuck up all the time when I don't intend to. So if I see an opportunity when I cannot fuck up and I don't take it, that's like more karmic points against me. <laughs> it's like, hey, here's an opportunity to not be an asshole. I think I should take it because there's other opportunities I miss and I'm an asshole. So yeah, just don't be a dick. Kim and I then talked about our experiences with fandom in real life and the relationship between fans and creators. We both agreed that though there does not necessarily need to be pedestals or a line dividing them, boundaries are important for everyone to be happy. Different creators have different levels and styles of giving. Now, um, we've talked about boundaries with within the fandom and I need some level of boundary because I give until I real I'm like, until I realize I'm a stump. You know what I mean? Like it's that I care a hundred percent of me. I can't ration it. And if I have two hundred people that I am giving 100% of me. Yes, there's only one of you, and you deserve 100% of me when you're the one you in front of me. But I have 200. And so my choices are either only give 5%, which doesn't feel good to me, or stop when I have to be done. So I know there are times when people are like, Kim, why aren't you accessible to me? Why aren't you responding to this? Why aren't you making a statement to this? Why aren't you? Because I just can't. Because you're a person. Yeah. And I think we are all like, no matter how they deal with it, every single actor is affected and depleted by this process. And so if we don't fill ourselves back up, and set boundaries to take care of ourselves, we will suffer. I believe no matter how deeply I may have offended people, when I didn't have it in me to let them be the last drop, I believe every single one of them, if they were the last drop and I had fallen apart, would have been injured. So I'm protecting, I'm doing it for you people. When I say no, it's for both of us. Have you read The Giving Tree and are you a fan? Right? I because can't. I hate the giving tree. I hate it. Okay. I, I hate it. I think it's bullcrap that like, I just, because you mentioned the stump, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, that's S what I'm saying is that that's not the way to do it. 
That is not the fucking way to do it. That's not the way to give love. And that's not the way to expect love to be given to you. Is that if you have to cut off an arm so that my needs are met, then A, my needs aren't authentically being met. And B, you're not doing either of us any fucking favors. I just realized how much of a, a, a cautionary tale for fandom the Giving Tree is. Well, I think, and also, I mean, like, the Giving Tree was how, what what we all thought. Like, it's codependency. It's growing up in an alcoholic environment. It's not understanding boundaries. It's not, like... But we're taught a, as kids, like, oh, this is about giving... T-, like, it's it's taught as a, this is what you should do. That's how I was yeah. taught it as a kid. Well, and also, I'm like, hey, you might be dead, but as long as somebody else can use your corpse can sit on you have service i'm like that doesn't feel good to me i would rather have apples than a stump to sit on but i think enough of us have seen that view now that the time for sitting in orchards and not cutting down trees is it's a coming yeah i think so too An unbelievably huge thank you to Kim Rhodes for joining me today. You can check out her podcast with Brianna Buckmaster, The Wayward Podcast, on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean, or on Twitter at Podcast Wayward. I hope you enjoyed this little trip through the looking glass, and it gave you some insight into the other perspective of what it means to be involved in fandom. Until next time, I'm Emily Cole, giving you a little bit of fan for thought.